hot flashes, vaginal dryness, painful sex, low libido, recurrent urinary tract infections, weight gain, insomnia, orgasm? What orgasm? Menopause is a very special time, and I'm betting you've not gotten a lot of information from your own doctor. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, a clinical professor of obstetrics and gynecology, the medical director of the Northwestern Medicine Center for Sexual Medicine and Menopause, a practicing gynecologist, best-selling author, and a nationally recognized menopause expert. My mantra has always been, if women are given good information, they'll make good choices. And I'm here to give you the inside information on all things menopause. Today, I'm taking a deep dive into compounded bioidentical hormones, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It used to be that the term bioidentical hormone therapy referred exclusively to compounded hormone products, but today, the term bioidentical includes both FDA-approved commercial products and compounded products. Having said that, most women seeking bioidentical hormones are referring to compounded hormones as opposed to the FDA-approved bioidentical hormone therapy products distributed by commercial pharmaceutical companies that you pick up at your pharmacy. So it's confusing, and many women understandably don't really know the difference between a compounded bioidentical hormone and a commercial bioidentical hormone. Before I get started, this information is taken directly from Chapter 15 of Hot Flash Health for those of you who prefer a written version. First of all, compounding isn't a new thing. Historically, all pharmacists compounded. In the 1800s, a doctor would give his patient a prescription to take to the local pharmacist, who would then mix the drug up per the doctor's specifications. But when large pharmaceutical companies came on the scene in the 1950s, compounding became the exception, not the rule, and was used only for products that weren't available commercially. The custom compounded industry took on an entirely different role when it began marketing and distributing so-called bioidentical hormones. In fact, bioidentical is not a scientific term. It's a term that was made up by market researchers to describe hormones distributed by compounding pharmacies. And the use of the word bioidentical was brilliant. It was catchy, it sounded natural, and it also sounded like something different than the duplicate FDA-approved plant-derived hormones produced and distributed by commercial pharmacies. And it worked. A billion-dollar industry was launched by an actress, more on that later, and supported by women desperate to feel better whose doctors weren't helping them. Then, and still now, a lot of women generally distrust the pharmaceutical industry, which is understandable given the number of times a drug which was advertised as safe is later found to have dangerous side effects. But the reason that pharmaceutical companies tell you all of the bad stuff is that they're legally obligated to back up their claims, do testing, and report all safety risks and negative findings. Yet, unbeknownst to the general public, compounding pharmacies are not legally obligated to do any of that. The general population doesn't know that and assumes the absence of that long list of risks means that there are none. The general public also doesn't realize that compounding pharmacies are not held to the same standards as far as quality control. This legal loophole combined with aggressive marketing has resulted in women believing that compounded creams and pellets not only work better, but are safer than commercially produced products. As a result, according to a study published by the North American Menopause Society, roughly one in three women who use hormone therapy obtain non-FDA approved products from a compounding pharmacy. Most women who participated in the study were completely unaware that compounded hormones had not been evaluated or approved by the FDA. 
Most were also unaware that compounded hormones have risks in addition to benefits. From my point of view, the prescribers of compounded hormones are more of a problem than the actual compounded products. The prescribers of these products are the ones who misrepresent the benefits, don't discuss potential risks, and all too often manage hormones inappropriately. Prescribers of compounded bioidentical hormones often claim that these products reverse aging, enhance sex, and prevent cancer. It all sounds good, but as with most things that sound too good to be true, it's important to separate the facts from the myths. So I'm going to take apart the eight most common misconceptions I hear when it comes to compounded hormone therapy. Misconception number one, compounded hormones are natural, but commercial hormones are synthetic or made of horse urine. Promoters of compounded plant-derived hormones use the terms natural and bioidentical because they're appealing to consumers and imply an advantage over manufactured pharmaceutical products. But first of all, natural does not equal safer or better. We can all name things that are natural but also unsafe. Arsenic, anthrax, and strychnine come to mind. The word natural means as found in nature. Every single plant-derived estrogen product requires a multi-step chemical process to extract and convert estrogen precursors from a plant source into an estrogen powder that can then be put into a cream, a spray, a patch, or a pill. Every plant-derived hormone preparation, whether it comes from a compounding pharmacy or a large commercial pharmacy, is synthesized. The only thing that's truly natural is to eat the plant. The FDA-approved plant-derived products from your corner drugstore are just as natural and just as bioidentical as the products you get from a compounding pharmacy, which brings me to misconception number two. The estrogen in compounded hormones is different from the estrogen in commercial pharmaceutical products. Not true. Compounding pharmacies don't manufacture hormones, they just mix them. While the original commercial estrogen products were derived from horse urine or synthesized in the lab, the majority of current products are plant-derived estrogens. Manufacturing factories extract estrogen precursors from plants, synthesize them to a usable form, and then sell the exact same active ingredient to both commercial pharmaceutical companies and compounding pharmacies. It's the same stuff. It all comes from the same place. I like to use the sugar analogy. Sugar is the active ingredient found in cookies, but before it can be used in a commercial product, it needs to be extracted from sugar cane, granulated, and then distributed to different cookie factories. Sugar can be mixed in different amounts with different ingredients to make different kinds of cookies, but the chemical makeup of sugar is the same in all cookies and has the same effect. A plant-derived estrogen is the same in all estrogen products and has the same effect. Moving on to misconception number three, that compounded hormones are safer than commercial hormones. Because compounded alternatives to FDA-approved estrogen and progestogen formulations have the same active ingredient, they're obviously going to have the same benefits and the same safety concerns. But unlike the manufacturers of commercial hormones, the distributors and promoters of compounded hormones say they have more benefits than commercial products and say nothing about risks. And that's misleading. So how do they get away with it? Well, the FDA does not regulate compounding pharmacies, so there's no requirement for product labeling, no requirement for clinician or patient package inserts that document safety, side effects, and warnings. Instead, 
these pharmacies tell women what women want to hear, namely that compounded bioidentical hormones have fewer side effects and are more effective than identically structured commercially produced hormones, even though there's no scientific evidence to prove that claim. But here's the real problem. Not only do compounded products have the same risks as commercial products, there are additional safety concerns that are unique to compounded products. They haven't been tested in clinical trials, which means the recommended dosages, delivery systems, and protocols have never been shown to be safe, much less safer or more effective than conventional prescription hormone products. Sticking with the sugar analogy, a cookie loaded with sugar can be sold by either Nabisco, where it's commercially prepared and packaged bearing a specific list of ingredients and a calorie count, or the cookie can be sold by the corner bakery, which provides no listing of ingredients and is definitely not going to give you a calorie count. When it comes to cookies, I would actually rather not know. Ignorance is bliss. I can't say the same for the hormones I prescribe. Misconception number four is about compounded progesterones. Unless someone has had a hysterectomy, women who take estrogen must take progesterone or a progesterone substitute to prevent the lining of the uterus from building up. Women who take estrogen alone have a tenfold increased risk of developing uterine cancer. Progesterone is usually prescribed as a pill and is also incorporated into some estrogen patches. Compounding pharmacies and prescribers offer transdermal progesterone creams, but to date, no scientific studies have demonstrated that progesterone cream protects the uterine lining from developing precancer or cancer. In fact, there's data to support just the opposite. In one study published by the North American Menopause Society, they showed that in a group of 324 women, there were four cases of uterine cancer, endometrial cancer, in women using compounded hormone therapy compared to zero zero cases of endometrial cancer in the group using commercial products. Biologically, it makes sense that these creams don't work. The molecule is poorly absorbed through the skin, and systemic progesterone levels simply never get high enough to protect the uterine lining. Using a compounded progesterone cream is essentially the equivalent of using nothing, which is why there are no FDA-approved progesterone products in the form of a transdermal cream. And if you've been given a compounded progesterone cream, I would strongly suggest that you get evaluated by someone other than your prescriber. Misconception number five, compounded hormones undergo the same quality control as commercial products. Not true. Compounding pharmacies don't manufacture hormones, they just mix them. The problem is they sometimes don't mix them very accurately. A few years ago, an investigative reporter commissioned lab results of hormones distributed by 12 popular compounding pharmacists and found that despite identical prescriptions for estrogen and progesterone, there was no uniformity in what was compounded. Virtually every sample was either significantly lower than what was prescribed or significantly higher. There was even variation in capsules from the same pharmacy. A woman who'd been prescribed 50 milligrams of estradiol might be taking 25 milligrams one day and 100 milligrams the next. Lack of FDA oversight also means that quality is not insured in drugs from compounding pharmacies. The public became aware of this in 2012, when 749 people became ill and 63 of them died of meningitis after a compounding pharmacy in Massachusetts manufactured and distributed contaminated steroids. 
That disaster prompted the FDA to conduct unannounced inspections in 31 compounding pharmacies, and they found problems such as rust and mold, along with tears in workers' gloves. Unsterile and potentially risky conditions were found in all but one of the inspected compounding manufacturing plants. Another study looked at 29 products from 12 compounding pharmacies and found that 34% of the products tested failed quality control measures versus 2% of commercially manufactured drug products and 25% failed potency standards. Do some compounding pharmacies do a terrific job in maintaining quality and consistency? Of course. You just can't count on it the same way you can with a commercial enterprise. Many commercial pharmacies, such as CVS and Walgreens, also compound, which assures quality control, purity of the product, and consistency of dosages. Misconception number six is that compounded hormone therapy is customized based on your hormone levels. Compounding prescribers promote the idea that their bioidentical hormones are customized for each individual patient. I hear this all the time. Someone will be told they need to test their levels every few months to adjust the dose. Sometimes this customization is based on urine or saliva tests, even though it's been scientifically proven that urine and saliva tests are worthless since salivary hormone levels are affected by diet and other variables. Likewise, blood tests, they're more accurate, but they're not routinely used to determine the appropriate dosage of hormone therapy because there's a wide range of normal and serum levels don't always correspond to efficacy. What matters is not a target number, but how someone feels. But that frequent testing gets you in the door on a regular basis and is very lucrative for prescribers. And it makes it appear that you are getting something made to order just for you. I point out to my patients that virtually everyone that comes to me with their personally compounded hormone therapy has pretty much the exact same formula and it's rarely altered based on blood work. In truth, compounded hormones are now almost never customized. Some compounding pharmacies mass produce hormone preparations that are almost exact copies of those produced commercially. Misconception number seven that Big Pharma is only in it for the money. Well, that's actually not a misconception. Of course, Big Pharma is in it for the money. This is America. And that is what the FDA is for, to make sure greed does not get in the way of patients getting safe, effective drugs. But make no mistake, the compounding pharmacies are just as profit motivated, except no one is regulating or overseeing them. They also don't do any research or development of new drugs. Compounding pharmacies make a much higher profit than commercial companies, and they're now a multi-billion dollar a year industry. Many physicians who prescribe from compounding pharmacies require large amounts of expensive tests that are not covered by insurance, and compounded hormones are rarely covered by insurance. No expensive clinical trials or testing is required to bring the product to market. So let's just be clear about who's in it for the money. Misconception number eight. This is a big one, that prescribers of compounded hormones are hormone experts. And this is my primary complaint about compounded hormone therapy. And this is the one that makes my blood boil. With rare exception, prescribers of compounded hormone therapy are not hormone experts. Let's look at our first expert, Dr. Suzanne Summers, as in Dr. Suzanne Summers, the actress, who is the main driver popularizing the compounding industry back in 2007 when she published her best-selling book, 
ageless, the naked truth about bioidentical hormones. Now, Summers admits that she's not an expert, which is obvious, seeing that she has no education or credentials to back up her medical claims. But as a self-proclaimed non-expert, it's kind of interesting how she doles out advice and opinions that she presents as facts. In Ageless, which still sells really well, she relies on her cadre of so-called real experts. Her number one expert in Ageless is T.S. Wiley, a high school graduate who wrote her own book appropriately called Sex, Lies, and Menopause. Not only does Wiley rationalize the use of compounded hormone therapy, but she also promotes specific protocols for how it should be given. She invented the Wiley Protocol, a high-dose regimen of cyclic hormone therapy, meaning that even an 80-year-old woman is still going to get periods that will, quote, prevent cancer and maintain youth into one's 90s. All of this is based on Wiley's theory that because 30-year-old women don't get cancer, if you maintain hormones like a 30-year-old, an older woman won't get cancer. Huh? Her education when she wrote all of this, well, like I mentioned, she didn't quite make it past her first year of college. She was a high school graduate, so she certainly never made it to medical school. In addition, none of the doctors in Ageless who are presented as authorities in the field of hormones and menopause would be considered experts by any academic institution or knowledgeable physicians. The majority are not board certified in anything. None have been published in the scientific literature. Most don't have hospital affiliations. And the few who are board certified are not in gynecology or endocrinology, but inexplicably in emergency medicine. I've spent enough time in emergency rooms to tell you that even women with the worst cases of hot flashes and vaginal dryness do not go to the emergency department. So it's a mystery to me how these doctors are such experts. Now, I know all of this because prior to appearing on the Oprah Winfrey show with Suzanne Summers, I read every sentence in The Sexy Years and researched every expert in the book. And feel free to visit drstriker.com to watch the video of me and Suzanne duking it out first on 2020 and then again on the Oprah Winfrey show. But that's a whole nother story. Ageless aside, most of the longevity and hormone experts who prescribe compounded hormones and have made a fortune in the highly lucrative hormone business are from a variety of unrelated specialties. Many of these docs are board certified in anti-aging, which despite a very official and impressive looking diploma, is not a certification recognized by the American Board of Medical Specialties. To be recognized by the American Board of Medical Specialties, you need to not only complete medical school, but do a residency in a specialty such as gynecology or pediatrics or anesthesia. And there are no residencies in anti-aging. The certification involves completing an online course and taking a multiple choice test. So doctors who make a living from prescribing compounded hormone therapy often never take a complete history, never have you get undressed, never do an examination, and never deal with complications. They just dole out hormone therapy. So the complication thing is interesting. When a woman seeing one of these hormone experts starts to bleed or have another related problem, the patient is referred to an actual gynecologist. For what it's worth, the real experts that comprise medical societies, including the American Association of Clinical Endocrinologists, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, the American Medical Association, the American Society for Reproductive Medicine, the Endocrine Society, the North American Menopause Society, the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force, and the American College of Clinical Pharmacy, all caution against the use of compounded hormone therapy. Case in point, 
Not too long ago, Nora, a 62-year-old woman, came to see me. She was pretty upset. Nora had been taking a transdermal compounded estrogen along with a transdermal compounded progesterone cream for seven years. She saw her doctor faithfully every four months, had her blood drawn, and was assured at every visit that her levels were perfect. And then she started to bleed. Not just spotting, but as heavy as her teenage periods. She called her anti-aging doctor, who was very reassuring, but advised her to see a gynecologist. She said to me, I thought she was a gynecologist. It turned out that Nori had precancerous changes in her uterine lining, and she opted for a hysterectomy. So not only did she lose a lot of money from hormones and saliva testing that wasn't covered by her insurance, she also lost her uterus. By the way, I didn't need to look her doctor up. Nora was not the first patient of hers I'd seen for a problem. Like many compounded hormone prescribers, her doctor had completed a residency in emergency medicine and then opened up a very lucrative compounded hormone practice and was making enormous amounts of money doing nothing but prescribing compounded hormones and putting pellets under the skin. Which brings me to the topic of chips in the hip. An increasing number of women who choose compounded hormones end up with a hormone pellet under the skin of the hip that releases estrogen and testosterone and lasts four to six months. When a woman initially gets a pellet, she always feels great. There's nothing like a huge surge of estrogen and testosterone to ensure a great libido, no flashes, and tons of energy. As with other compounded products, women are told that these hormones are safer and more effective than standard therapy. But what they're not told is that this form of hormone therapy, pellets, is completely unrelated. What they are not told is that this form of hormone therapy, pellets, is completely unregulated. In the North American Menopause Survey I mentioned earlier, 86% of respondents had no idea pellets were not FDA approved. Patients are also not told that pellets generally have sky high doses of estrogen and testosterone well above what any woman would produce at any time in her life. A 2021 study published in the journal Menopause investigated 539 women using pellets compared to women using commercial hormone therapy. The average peak serum estradiol level in the pellet group was 237. The average peak serum estradiol level in the commercial hormone group was 93, more than twice as high. The average peak testosterone level was 192 in pellet users versus 15 in testosterone gel users. As a point of reference, men usually have a testosterone level of over 300, but women generally are in the 8 to 60 range, and the pellet level was an average of 192. No wonder women who use pellets sometimes have an enlarged clitoris, male pattern baldness, and have to borrow their husband's razor and their teenager's acne cream. That study went on to report that compared to women using FDA-approved hormone therapy, women using pellets were more likely to experience mood swings, anxiety, breast tenderness, male pattern baldness, acne, weight gain, abnormal bleeding, and to need a hysterectomy. Specifically, during the 12 years of the study, 55.3% of patients experienced abnormal uterine bleeding and 20.3% of pellet users, one out of five women, had a hysterectomy compared with only 6.3% of the women using FDA-approved therapy. Overall, 57.6% of the patients on pellet therapy had side effects versus 14.8% on standard therapy. 
I see women in our clinic all the time who are looking for solutions to palate problems, such as bleeding, hair growth, and acne. But unfortunately, I've got no choice but to tell them to wait it out because once that palate's in there, it can't be removed. Safer? Better? I don't think so. More is not better, excessive levels do not demonstrate a greater efficacy, and are more likely to have side effects. Now, having said all of this, do I prescribe compounded hormones? Yes, absolutely. I routinely use a compounding pharmacy that I know and trust when I need a product that's not available commercially. But when it comes to bioidentical estrogen, progesterone, and other progestogens, there is no advantage to using a compounding pharmacy. Most menopause and sexual health experts in this country prescribe and recommend FDA-approved bioidentical plant-derived estrogen produced and distributed by companies that have quality control standards and are obligated to tell you not only the benefits, but the potential risks as well. The 2022 North American Menopause Society position statement states, quote, Compounded bioidentical hormone therapy presents safety concerns such as minimal government regulation and monitoring, overdosing and underdosing, presence of impurities and lack of sterility, a lack of scientific efficacy and safety data, and lack of a label outlining risks, end quote. Convinced yet? So let me run through the key points. Number one, Compounded hormones have the same active ingredient as most commercially available hormones. Number two, there are unique safety concerns regarding compounded products because they're not regulated or monitored. Number three, there's no requirement for labeling to outline risks. Number four, compounded hormones have no scientific efficacy and safety data. Number five, compounded hormones have never been shown to be more effective than commercial hormone therapy. Number six, there's also no scientific basis to support the use of routine serum levels because there's a wide therapeutic window. Number seven, random checks have found that overdosing or underdosing is common, seeing as there are inconsistencies from pharmacy to pharmacy and even within the same pharmacy. Number eight, for women with the uterus, there's an increased risk of inadequate endometrial protection and therefore a greater likelihood of uterine cancer. It's scary to think that millions of women are unwittingly using prescription hormones that have never gone through a new drug approval process to substantiate safety, prove efficacy, and ensure quality. One last thing, commercially available products will likely be covered by insurance. The non-FDA approved compounded versions will require you to open your checkbook as well as your trust. And now I'm done ranting. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, and thank you for joining me. You will find lots more information in my Inside Information books available on Amazon.com. And follow Francie as she navigates her way through vaginal dryness, hot flashes, and pretty much every menopausal symptom you can think of. Sometimes I feel blue